Welcome back to episode 10 of Performax Science Radio. Sorry we haven't uploaded in a few weeks, but we've been working hard behind the scenes on some other projects we will be sharing with you all soon. Anyway, this week we were fortunate enough to be joined by Taz and Jess from Her Empowerment Project, where we talk all things women's health. Taz and Jess share their insights on the major training differences between men and women, as well as factors to consider when training around the menstrual cycle, contraception, specific female autoimmune conditions, pregnancy, strength training, nutrition, and much more. So covering a fair whack of women's health topics today, in which I thought we barely scratched the surface. Definitely a must listen to all our female listeners out there. And if you're a male listener, probably worth a listen to, might give you a bit of food for thought. If you want to get in touch with Taz or Jess or find out more about her empowerment project, I'll put the links in the description. Now, without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Enjoy. All right, and welcome back to another episode of Performax Science Radio. Uh, a special episode of Performax Science Radio today. We are joined by the girls from Her Empowerment Project. Did I get that right? Yes. Made sure. Taz and Jess. And also on my left, I'm joined by Kitty Lancaster. We knocked out, uh, knocked Nick out of the equation this week. We didn't want to listen to him because we're going to do a... Yeah, a girls or, episode. Yes, a girls Love episode. We <laughs> <Or, laughs> Yes. Yeah. Try and talk about all things women's health. So yeah, as I said uh, earlier, we're joined by Taz and Jess. Taz, I've known you for, I don't know, a good while now, I'd say. <laughs> Used to go on double dates back in the day. <laughs> we did, we did. And Jess, I've actually known you for a while as yeah. well, ever since you did the TJT thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So good we, times. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone around the Sunshine Coast, I think. Um, but yeah, how are you guys going? Yeah, we're going great, I think. Yeah. Surviving. Yeah, surviving. That's it. So, Taz, you're doing bodybuilding at the moment as well. Yeah, yeah. How's everything going there? It's, um... Well, sorry, bodybuilding. I should say you're doing comp prep. Yeah, well, I guess it's bodybuilding at the end of the day. It's um probably been better than I expected it to be. I'm a little bit, like, getting too exhausted now. Like, now that my calories are getting lower and my training's getting higher. But overall, I think I'm almost three months in. So, three overall, months. it's been pretty enjoyable so far yeah you're starting to look at things and everything just looks like something you can eat yeah <laughs> you're getting like some weird cravings or anything like that um, you haven't eaten your dog yet no no my coach gives me a cheat meal every two weeks so oh, i get to like bad. go out for dinner like fully untracked um if i want to so i feel like that keeps me going and i know every two weeks that i have that to get me through yeah awesome so how much longer to go now 10 weeks. 10 weeks still? Yeah. Oh, well, that's actually still. No, I actually feel like I'm bad. at the pointy end. Yeah. Yeah, well, you just yeah. told me you had another six kilos to lose just before yeah. as well. Where are you going to pull that from? Kilos. You're going to shave your head or something like that? <laughs> Start plucking teeth, eyebrows <laughs> off. Look, losing another six kilos is a little bit daunting, I think. And I also think about like what I'm going to have to do to lose another six kilos. Cut off a limb. Yeah. Do <laughs> something easy, like cheat in some way. Surely there's a way around that. Um, yeah, look, maybe he'll change his mind and not want six kilos by the time I step on stage. But at the moment, 57 kilos is what I'll get on stage at. Jesus Christ. That's a, it's just an area. Just, I don't know if I could do myself. Hey, I've seen yeah. it done by other people and I know it's very, yeah, it's um, pretty, you have to be pretty strict. Yes. It's yes. a very, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough process Yeah, <laughs> getting down to a good, um, realistic, uh, body weight size, but it's challenging itself. 
yeah, and it's a great educational experience so far for me. And yeah, hundred percent. Calorie counting and flexible dieting. So to be honest, it's right up my alley. No, oh, awesome. And Jess, um, exercise physiologist as yes. well. Haven't yes. seen you in a good while. So how did you guys actually like meet each other? Um, well, I guess like like you, um, Matt, we sort of met just through the industry, I guess, but we probably didn't really know each other super well. Mm. Um, then we ended up um, working at the same gym at Athletic Base yeah. at the start Emil of... and Amy? Amy. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. at the start of 2021. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was working um, with Amy and Emil and then Taz was doing her, her PT stuff out of there and we sort of just gravitated towards each other and... Yeah, kind of like joined at the hip yeah. <laughs> at one stage. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, I guess we sort of were like talking about an idea, mm-hmm. you know, with women and, and creating a space where they felt really safe and supported and, um, and empowered to, you know, train well, eat well and be really mindful. And we sort of, yeah, just started thinking from there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So that's when the Her Empowerment Project came together. Yes. Yeah. So what's kind of like, what's going on with that at the moment? Well, after, we've kind of taken like a bit of a shuffle at first. We wanted to do like a 10 week, like a school block and they would come in every single week and then we would just tackle one thing at a time. However, we've kind of like troubleshooted and now we're going for more weekend workshops where we sort of like jam pack it all into one day. Yeah. Um, and we've had... Alicia, who owns Aptitude. Yeah, yep. yeah. So she's no, been Alicia coming in. Worked, do a bit work, well, she worked at um, Kiwana. Yeah. Jets, so yeah, I know her well. Yeah, so Second we bring her out. on board and she's been doing like women's um, hormonal and like menstrual cycles for us. So yeah. Yeah, yeah awesome. She has, she's got a wealth of knowledge in that area. Definitely. Yeah, she's well. like, so yeah, she's like, back now because last I saw she was over, uh, she's at West somewhere. Yeah, she was definitely doing track. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere out that way. If, yeah. she's, if she's listening, she was somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, she's still out there because our next workshop that we're having, she's doing it over Zoom. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Still got a few more yeah. placements to get through, I think. Yeah. So there'll be a couple where she isn't like physically with us. Yeah, awesome. And what's kind of like the driving force and kind of like the purpose of the Her Empowerment Project at the moment? Like what's, what are you trying to get out there? What's the message? Well, I guess for us, um, it's definitely a gap in the market where we feel like especially going through high school, um, through puberty and then transitioning into adulthood, you know, work uni, like there's not a space for young women to, um, yeah, like ask questions in terms of like, how should I be training now that I've given up sport or my routine's different? Um, like, you know, how, how should I be eating? There's not really guidance. There's lots of things on social media, lots of TikToks, um, lots of people influencing about what they eat, but not specific for them and their needs and I guess also the space of mindfulness, mental health um, and just meditation and breath work in general, just introducing them to those tools that they can use every day just to better them. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, that's, I think that's yeah, an awesome absolutely. concept. I think the yeah. topic of women's health in itself is something that's probably not talked about a lot yeah. and there's yes. actually a lot to it as well. Like yeah. to sit here and say that, you know, men and women train exactly the same. Like when you really look at it under a fine tooth comb, there's actually a lot of kind of differences that you have to, um, have to consider. Yeah, especially and a lot of women from, don't even like necessarily, like most women actually aren't educated enough on the issues or the topics themselves to even know where to start. No. Until yes. there's like a diagnosis and they're forced to find out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like the purpose why we brought you guys on so we could mm-hmm. kind of enlighten the um, 
all the listeners on this type of information and <laughs> yes. know, maybe the world, who knows? Um, so probably first question, uh, touching on what I was just saying there. So what do you think are the major differences um, between men? Uh, tr- uh, sorry, what are the major differences when uh, in training with men and women? Yeah, okay. Um, well, I think like the biggest one uh, for women would be training um, around our menstrual cycles um, and when we when we do have those energy levels as opposed to when we don't and, and knowing how to um, adapt your training to that um, that's probably one of the biggest ones mm-hmm. and also I guess like females not being too disheartened by the results they see in the gym maybe on a day where they are um, yeah. you know yeah menstruating and and not performing as well in the gym so that's and probably I, the biggest one I would say yeah, yeah I think the other one too is like how girls think when they train they're going to get big and bulky when mm. they're doing strength training whereas like we just don't produce the same hormones as guys right so we're just possible. not going <laughs> yeah. to get there yeah as guys do so I think like yeah there's a lot of um, attention that needs to be brought around women and strength training and how it can change our body composition yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of misconceptions, especially around that respect. Like my favorite thing is when clients come up to you and they're like, "Oh, you know, I want to get, I don't want to get too big." I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, good luck." Yeah, literally. Yeah, I've been training for like ten plus years and not too big. <laughs> I, do, yet. I do, I do everything in my power to do I'm that. Like trying it work. so hard. Yeah, trying to right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I guess touching on that then. So um, to my knowledge and my research, I guess into this type of thing. Um, and probably listen to some stuff from Alicia as well. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about training around the um, menstrual cycle with women, so there's four kind of major hormones that play a part in that. So that's going to be uh, progesterone, uh, estrogen, uh, LH hormone, so luteinizing hormone, and Mm -hmm. yeah, FSH Mm -hmm. hormone as well. Now, all those hormones are going to kind of spike and plummet at different times around that menstrual cycle. And given, you know, we should be training kind of specifically towards those uh depend uh, tra- our training should match kind of where those hormones spike and plummet as well so yeah. do you guys maybe just want to give a little bit of insight about kind of like the correct way to be training around your menstrual yeah. cycle in the start yeah well i guess the first thing is learning when your cycle is right so like first thing we need to know is where our levels are peaking and dropping and just becoming super aware of where you are in your cycle yeah. especially because Sometimes it's irregular or we don't have it. Like right now, I don't have mine while I'm doing this comp. So like it's quite, yeah, because I'm in such a big deficit. Like I don't, you don't know where you are Mm. unless you are tracking it. So that's super important. But it's also, I feel like, I don't even know at my age, like you're like, oh, why am I training so shit this week? Or Mm, why am I not being able to lift this much? And then a couple of days later, you find out your cycle's here and then you're like, no. Oh, yeah. So that's like when you're in your luteal phase yeah. and, you know, your progesterone's peaking where your estrogen's dropped. Yeah. And yeah. So then you can kind of like start making sense of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say definitely because I think the biggest thing is that I try to let a lot of women's health, like ladies with women's health conditions like PCOS and endo, mm-hmm. like it's pretty much most of my client bases are women like yeah. that. And for them, they don't even understand like the importance of even knowing where they are on a cycle. And then I get them to start tracking it. And they're like, oh, it actually does make sense that there, you know, certain phases might be longer in certain aspects. And they're like, oh, I can work it out now. But, you know, I'm not typically, you know, my period's not seven days, it's 10. And I'm like, yeah, and then it changes. And it's different, like, you know, the certain phases are different every month. It's not the same every month. Exactly. 
And I think yeah. that's a problem with some of those apps. They like don't the, work. The data is set to like a specific amount yep. of like days, right? Like a 28 Ovulation, day cycle or something. Days, yes. yes. Whereas for a lot of women, that's not the case. Like no. that hitting the same day every single month is probably so unlikely. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's very right. unlikely. Very yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Learning so much already. All right. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I guess like kind of touching on that as well, you just kind of brought up PCOS and endometriosis and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you actually just want to just touch a little bit more on yeah, that yeah. and kind of what that entails? Yeah. Because there's probably, you know, some women listening. I know there's probably someone named Georgia out there who's going to be listening to this one. <laughs> um, so exactly. I, know she was, I know she was asking me some questions around that. So oh, do you just want to kind of elaborate on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually have all of the conditions, which I'm oh, blessed okay. with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I've got PCOS and, and, and yeah, yeah, all of them. And, and, and I can never say it, adenomyosis as well. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, my PCOS though, isn't like insulin. It's nothing to do with like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's obviously different types of PCOS too. Yeah. So I don't have the insulin resistance at a one, um, at all. Mine's just random. They said, and they're like, we can't link it to lifestyle because generally they would tell you to lose weight if you yeah, lose that's weight. Yeah. one of the main points. Yeah, yeah, they said to me, like, they said to me, if you lost, like, any more weight, you'd be underweight. So they're like, it just doesn't make sense. You're like an anomaly. Yeah. Um, so basically the thing to me was just eat more food, um, which I was already in a massive surplus. So, so did you ever explore, you know, decreasing insulin at some point? Yeah, yeah, I did. So I'm celiac um, and also lactose <laughs> intolerant as well. Um, so whole, I did, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So basically, yeah, I did, I've done all that. Um, and yeah, there was nothing like that happened, but I, I can manage it now, but I mm -hmm. guess it's before getting that diagnosis. Like it's very, when you've got endo and you're in chronic pain every day, mm -hmm. you just don't complain. You're just like, Oh, like this, this must be what everyone's feeling like. Yeah. And then like you speak to someone, you're like, Oh, you guys aren't in pain. Like you don't have a pain running down your leg all day. Oh, yeah. I do. Mm. And I went to physios and they were like, oh, like you've, you know, strained your hip flexor. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a trapped nerve running from, and they yeah. just never picked it up. So yeah, I guess like with all the different conditions, everyone's different, I think. And yes. you know, you can be a stage four endo, you know, which I am, I'm stage four endometriosis and I've had surgery and stuff. Um, but it, I might not be as bad as someone with stage one. Yeah. Yes. So my symptoms might not be as bad as someone with so stage one. So what probably are kind of like those biggest, biggest factors to consider, I guess, when training with, you know, PCOS or endo? <laughs> well, on with, average. On, on average. So with, yeah. So if you've just got PCOS, obviously, like we were talking about before, like making sure you're tracking your cycle, you can kind of start to understand it. Like it'll, it'll start kind of making sense in your own way. And it probably... You know, your cycle might be you'll get longer. Like, you'll have like flare-ups yeah, and stuff yeah. every now and yeah, then. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so yeah, I'm obviously yeah. going to notice that flare-up. So let's say, I don't know, for example, you've got your training program and kind of like your periodization of yeah. that training program and then I'm having like a flare-up, I guess. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, within a week, like how am I going to manage training? So you lighten the load generally yeah, on, exactly. on your flare-up day. Like I've got women that we, I don't know if you guys do this, but I'll have like a, a mat work Pilates day or a Pilates day that, is a backup. So when yeah, they come yeah. in, I'm like on a scale of one to 10, how are you feeling? And they're like, 10 would be like, they're not feeling that they're feeling like really great. And then one would be, they're just like no energy, you feel crap. And then we go, okay, if you're like below a five, that's a Pilates. So you still recommend doing some form of exercise? Yeah, yeah. And 100%. Yes. And is that, yeah, what, and from your okay, experience, what would you so say? So why would you, well, okay. Touching on that, why <laughs> would you then recommend definitely still getting into the gym and doing some exercise? 
Well, I think like one of the biggest things is obviously going to the gym exercising is great for your mental health. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel really good. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are experiencing, you know, PCOS or endometriosis, all the time that can also come with um, feelings of anxiety and depression towards it because it is such a crippling um, disease at times for people. So I think just um, getting them to still keep that routine in their training and allowing them to know, feel good afterwards, all those happy hormones are releasing. I think that's the best thing they could possibly do. And also knowing they can train through it. Yes. There's ways to adapt yeah. to yes. it. Which, yeah, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Like I've had a couple of ladies and they're like, oh, I've got, you know, I got endo or whatever and my pain's really bad. Like I'm not going to come in. Yeah, but then exactly. yes. Yeah, but then I think once they're educated to understand, you'll actually feel better. And they come in and they do some stretching and you go through some pelvic floor relaxation and stuff and they go oh I actually feel better yes. and then when they know it happens again they come in and they're like I'm going to feel better anyway so I'll just go in and I think it's about building like trust and rapport as well with yeah. you as a trainer like I know I've had a client recently who does have um, PCOS and she'll text me in the morning and let me know how she's feeling before yeah. the session and then it's just being able to quickly adapt to how she's feeling on that day and just changing the session to something like you said, Kitty, yeah. I would go for like a mat work session yeah. um, rather than picking up weights where she's going to leave totally exhausted when she's already not feeling that great about herself anyway. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And to bring us back to kind of like, I guess, training around the menstrual cycle then. So obviously, um, if from a training perspective, uh, periodization is kind of like a big thing with mm -hmm. us. Like, or obviously the way we kind of train, we're training towards a certain result. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously when we're considering the menstrual cycle into, we want to be considering the menstrual cycle into that um, training as well. Now, is there a specific way that you guys kind of go about that? Or is it more just a base of feeling thing? Or I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, I think like once once a woman actually knows, you know, when her period's going to be in it and, and if that's sort of regular for her, then you can sort of pick out the phases. Okay, you have your menstruation, then you have your follicular phase where the estrogen levels are starting to rise. Therefore, your energy starts to increase. Um, you can start to lift those weights again, increase that training. Um, then when you get into that um, phase... What's that one called again? Luteal? Yeah. 15 to day 15 yeah. to 28. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so when you're ovulating, that's really important for when you want to like lift heavy in the gym, maybe reach those goals that you've been aiming for. So if you are doing periodized training, that's, that's that testing week where you're really yeah. going to yeah. test yourself in the gym and, and work up to those goals you've been working towards. Yeah, yeah. like you're definitely not going to go for like a one rep max when you're in your luteal phase. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. definitely going to try and make sure that that is when your estrogen is peaking and then go right yeah. then. And I think yeah. that's also, I don't think a lot of women actually do train like that. And I think if, if they were to train like that, they would just see astronomical results in the gym and they would probably start to understand their bodies a lot more and realize that they can actually lift heavier than what maybe they have been. It's just yeah. managing around their cycle. And probably feel super empowered in your training mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, I think a big, I think a big thing as well is kind of like recognizing that if you do, because obviously you get a plummet and all these hormones kind of around, obviously like your period, mm -hmm. and then it's also mm -hmm. recognizing that it's okay to kind of be like that's kind of like going to be a down week for me as well. Yeah, because you do kind of well for me personally, but um, <laughs> for them, uh, because, you know, it's the thing where I've got some people who come in, you know, I always try to do some type of readiness survey, like with them or just talk to them how they're feeling. And they might be saying, you know, I'm feeling, or I've got this program in front of me, but I'm obviously feeling um, down. So I'm going to still try to do the same thing, but you're not, you know, obviously, as you were saying earlier, like um, they're now not feeling 
like they can do it and they're feeling very like you mm. know disenchanted like why am I fi- like why can't I get this weight up this yeah. week so I think it's making sure yeah. they understand that mm. that's coming over and but, I, I interestingly like I train um Nick and I train well, Nick, she now trains with Nick um bodybuilder and like been doing it for years like really like competitive like wins comps and stuff and she'd never had anyone tell her that she should be tracking a cycle mm. until and I and she's got like endo and all this other stuff going on and um yeah, I sat down with her like, okay, we actually need to know what's going on. Otherwise, you're not going to keep – she wants to build strength. She's like, I just can't understand why I can't build strength. And we're mm-hmm, like, well, yeah. firstly, you don't know when you cycle. You have no idea what's, you know, going on. Um, and I think for her, like we'll probably touch on this later, but also with like the pill and stuff like that, like that masks a lot of symptoms. And she was on that for so long, just kept, you know, keep skipping the period because <laughs> that's what they tell you to do when you have endo. Just yeah. keep skipping your period. You'll be right. You know, stop the growth of the endometriosis. Yeah. Um, but it actually does nothing. It does the opposite effect and stuffs your whole hormones up. Yeah. Well, I think uh, what I've been told, I think the best description I got told is think of it like a bell curve, mm. like a big bell curve. So kind of like you start off and all your hormones are kind of increasing as you get more towards ovulation. Mm-hmm. And then when you're hitting ovulation, obviously that's going to be kind of like your peak from a strength point of view. Yeah. And then think of it as then it's now starting to plummet back towards um, obviously a period as well, but then there's obviously, I can't remember which one you guys can help me on this one. That one that come spikes up as well and kind of plateaus out, which so, one? So you're talking about, so if you go, there's that chart there, you got your Beautiful. follicular. So progesterone kind of like, yeah. um, yes. bumps yes. up again. And that's, and that's when you're going to get your maximal efforts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's when you're going to get those maximal efforts in. Along so, there. Yeah, so, but think of it. Yeah. So think of it like the best way. Yeah. I just got described. It was just like a, just think of it like a bell curve. Ovulation, so think yes. of it like yeah. a bell curve. Yeah. So it's like everything's yeah. peaking towards the middle and then you kind of like plateau out a little bit towards there. And then obviously you get yeah. a big dump. And you still feel all right. Like in those weeks after you've had your cycle, like you can also train really well yeah. then as well. It's once you start coming back around into getting it again, mm. when you hit your luteal phase yeah. and your progesterone's dropping, that that's when you yeah. start feeling like maybe you need to drop down in your strength. Go for a walk, do yoga, Pilates or something like that instead. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and I think touching on what you were saying before as well, so consider all those factors considered as well, then adding in, you know, obviously contraception into that as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. How is that, does then that play a part in that as well? Or is that something that I need to get Alicia in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alicia's <laughs> like, definitely, yeah. Definitely an expert. Now we're getting in really field. into the science. <laughs> but I think it's important um, to educate women on the fact that when you are on the pill, you're not having like a proper period. You it's know, a fake period. It's right. a fake period. They call it, what do they call it? A bleed. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, so it, it looks like a period, but it's yeah. not. It's not the same hormonal change that you'd get off yeah. the pill. Um, but I guess the main event is still ovulation. You know, yes. Of, yeah. Of your bleed as well, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's different, yeah. I I would say, but yeah, Alicia's definitely the expert. I know, like at our last workshop, Jess and I were sitting there going, "Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah a couple of, like, like learning like, a lot of oh, things that's awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. which is so great because you're constantly learning." And you're well, like, I think she was the one who first opened me up to kind of like this realm of yeah, this type. There's all these different uh, factors and considerations to consider as well. So, Alicia, yeah, keep you, doing the good, keep yeah. doing the Lord's <laughs> Shout work. Shout out, Alicia. <laughs> Uh, awesome. And what are kind of some, all right, here's a moving on. Well, now that we've got kind of that part over and done with, I hope we've given <laughs> some clarity to, um, everyone around that. And if you've got any questions, feel free to shoot, shoot them in and I'll try and pawn them off to Alicia as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, probably another area of women's health that I think probably doesn't get as much 
attention either is probably around um, pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially kind of like that build up to kind of like while you're pregnant and then also that after effect of post-pregnancy as well. So from what are kind of like some factors or some misconceptions, I should say, um, uh, about training pre and post uh, natal? Well, I think firstly, a lot of women when they do fall pregnant get scared to continue training firstly because, you know, maybe they don't know enough or they do think it's unsafe or maybe, you know, other practitioners aren't up to you know latest research yeah exactly and they don't know that that you can keep training and i think if you've trained quite intensely like leading all the way up until falling pregnant then you definitely can keep going um i know like from doing pilates that's probably the same as you yeah like you can keep doing it just you know towards that end part of your pregnancy that's when you just need to start making some little you know, changes, changes yeah. and you know maybe not training your core as hard to make sure yeah. that you're getting ready for birth and yeah yeah or pelvic but, floor relaxation yeah, i've got a lady yeah. at the moment um she's how, how many weeks is she she's 40 weeks next week yeah and she's still doing pilates four times a week right? yeah so like and you wouldn't even know she's pregnant like she walks in and people are like what <laughs> this week and she's like yeah yeah like yeah. anytime now yeah, well, um, some lady ran like a marathon or something pregnant oh yeah some like, oh. women are insane yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the thing and, and i definitely agree with taz there I, like i've had women um like most of the clients i've trained throughout pregnancy are pretty good because they've been training before yeah yes. so then you get like like random people like questioning like oh like can i still train it's like absolutely. yeah you've been training the whole time like my, my sister's actually um pregnant at the moment and oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah she is and she she before i knew she she called me and she's like oh like so when i have a baby like um like when I'm, you know, in like say like around six weeks, like what would, what would I be doing? I'm like, why are you asking me this? Like, you know, <laughs> what do you mean? I'm like, when you get to that stage, you ask me and she's like, should I be hip thrusting? Should I be doing this? I'm like, I was like, oh, okay. Like probably take the hip thrust away. You can yeah, do alternatives, exactly. put, you know, on your legs or something like yeah. that. Um, and then, yeah, but now she's got a program and stuff, but I think, yeah, even like with someone like her, she's quite educated and she was still like questioning, I, I yeah, don't know, like, sure. can I run? Am I allowed to run? Like, what am I allowed to do? Because you're just so scared that you're yeah, doing anything wrong. Yeah. 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 And I, sorry, well, I think go. just like in the Pilates world, like shifting your focus to like your glutes and your hip stability mm-hmm. and making sure you got like a strong upper body and all it yeah. is, is just changing it to make sure that it's you know, suiting you, your balance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then making sure that your body is strong for post-pregnancy as well. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, you're carrying a kid around and wanting to make sure that you... See it so often, you know, they, women, like, bending over into a cod all day and yeah. then they do their back and it's like, it's like because they're tolerance. not training. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they get heavy fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're nice and strong for that. Mm. And I think the one thing that, you know, we should flag is that if you want to introduce a new style of training once you get pregnant, that's probably a, a no-no. If you're not used to doing a certain style of training, you're not going to introduce that once you are pregnant. Your body's not used to that. It could be too much. So just staying consistent with what you're doing and then and as you you know move through those weeks of pregnancy, just reducing that and making those changes yeah. accordingly. I would always like yeah. advise like um, seeing like yeah, you know, a PT exercise scientist or exercise physiologist 
while you're while you are training mm. and if you yes. if, like especially if you're just like what the hell am i doing and you're like googling stuff like you probably should be seeing someone yeah um even if you have been training for like years before and you just need some reassurance i would be seeing someone yeah, um, yeah. i think that's like obviously a good way if you're not sure 100 percent, reach out that's yeah. going to be like the first thing as well and as you were kind of saying earlier like they feel like they're just i'm getting pregnant i need to stop altogether mm. but what are kind of like some of the benefits of exercise while being pregnant as well obviously decreases the chance of gestational diabetes yes. um, is Ooh. like the biggest one, um, which, you know, a lot of gestational diabetes. Yeah. Well, a yeah. lot of women that like are quite healthy get it because they, what they do is they go, Oh, I can't exercise. Like we were talking about. And then they stop exercising, you know, they have cravings and they start eating crappy food mm-hmm. and then they're not moving hardly because they're too worried about hurting the baby. But it's like, you're actually putting your, yourself yeah. And the baby more at mm-hmm. risk by doing nothing and eating badly. So I'd say yeah. that's the first one. For Interesting. Myself. And I also think like postnatal depression as well, like keeping up exercise and making sure that your mental health is in check leading up to pregnancy mm-hmm. and post-pregnancy as well. You know, we have all those benefits that we know that our mental health can gain from exercising and being regular with it. Yeah, definitely. I think also um, when you are pregnant as well, obviously you are carrying a small child. So your red blood cell count is going to increase, mm-hmm. your hormones are all over the place. So exercise will help regulate that um, and, yeah, make you make you still, I guess, like have normal bodily processes, um, you know, protein synthesis and everything like that. Um, you don't want to – the last thing you want to do is stop your training, then decrease your muscle mass and, therefore, your decondition so you're not equipped to have the baby and then recover afterwards. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. got to have, like, depending on if you have a C, like a C-section or whatever, four to six weeks off generally anyway after having yes. the baby. So, I mean, I don't think I could personally take any longer than that off. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're, like, in the baby bubble. Baby yeah. bubble sorry, it's quite isolating. Yeah. You know? yes. So you can understand how all these things happen. Happen, yeah. Yeah, and I think um, also, you know, as we were saying earlier, having kind of, like, you know, changing the, um, ex- uh, the workout or the intensity of the workout, and the volume of the workout based on kind of like how you're feeling as well. So you should, uh, I think, um, pregnant women that I've trained in the past, you know, offer like a light, a medium and a heavy day. So it's like they come in, they're feeling really good. Then we're going to do exercises, you know, maybe in that heavy to medium block. And then if we're feeling pretty off that day, then we're just going to come in and do some light stuff. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing crazy. And then I think also another thing as well, like obviously when you're getting pregnant, obviously your core muscles and everything are going to get um, stretched. So a common complaint that, I've heard before uh, from women is they don't feel as connected kind of to their core muscles Mm -hmm. um, after pregnancy Mm -hmm. as well. So, and then obviously postnatal is kind of getting back into um, their training routine and they're not feeling as like connected to everything as well. So definitely doing as much training beforehand as well is obviously going to help. A, it's going to speed up the process um, post post kid and um Postnatal is the more scientific term. Post kid helps speed up kind of like that process of recovery as well, Uh, and it's super and obviously super important for like I don't know like bladder control and all that type of stuff. Oh, definitely you held it for yeah yeah, Yeah. and I think like um, abdominal separation Mm -hmm. like you start Mm -hmm. to learn this when you do go through your Pilates training, but. I remember the first time I did a postnatal class for Studio Pilates and I saw, um, is it a ridge? Is that what you'd call it? Yeah. Like between, and like, I had no idea what that was until I'd taken a postnatal Pilates class. So seeing it for the first time, I think is quite confronting to see on someone. So let alone yourself is going to be even more confronting. And I think a lot of people, like a lot of women think, oh, like, you know, 
you're getting a bump or whatever and you're like they're probably thinking oh, i'm looking fat like mm. i don't know this is just what i've mm-hmm. like experienced from other ladies they like like have that connection in their head they've always been slim yeah and then they're like getting a bump and they're like oh I, I want to do something about that and they start doing sit-ups and it's like, no, yeah. don't do sit-ups. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, exactly. Why does everyone troubleshoot sit-ups? I don't know. <laughs> I, I look over in the gym and like, someone's doing sit-ups again. I'm like, oh. Yeah, like, well, where, honestly. <laughs> if in doubt, sit it up. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's a, well, I think that's a huge one. We literally just did like a couple of days on development on literally just separation yeah. there as well, cause mm. it's, well which is pretty in line because you don't really understand that type of stuff as well. And, and like, it's kind of guaranteed. Yeah, and if yes. you've got, and if yeah, you've got someone who's, yeah. you know, who's post-pregnancy in any way and they have something like this, like they may not have even known that until yeah. they've come and see you yeah. Yeah. as well. Like we were talking about, like it'd be really awesome if like every woman that had a baby, we had the funding that they'd go straight through to pelvic floor physio, get clearance. Yeah, it's that just, be amazing? Yeah, yeah, it's just not happening. But like it's up to the individual to do that and I always recommend all my clients to do that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not that common to know that there are pelvic floor physios. No one knows. That's something in itself. Yeah, or to really like know what your pelvic floor is or how to activate it. I think even before pregnancy, as a as a woman in general, like that, there's a gap in the market there. Like, why aren't we taught how to activate our core properly and draw in through our pelvic floor and be really strong um, to avoid? Yeah, yeah, I guess being incontinent as well, like post pregnancy and everything necessarily normal no but people think incontinence is mm-hmm. and yeah. it should be yeah should be more awareness around yeah just getting women into programs throughout yeah their early adulthood just just being aware of their core and Oh, yeah, income's her empowerment project. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> well, that sounds like a trade. Anyone getting pregnant soon? <laughs> Shots not. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, after maybe to segue, let's kind of maybe go into some. Maybe I think a big thing with women as well. It's like you know, strength training versus cardio. Kind yeah. of like some misconception. I feel like there's a few myths and mm-hmm. um, misconceptions out there. So what kind of would be the ones that you guys hear the most from strength training and cardio point of view? Well, what are just some misconceptions that I you mean, hear a lot that t- can t- be t- nutrition as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we definitely touched on it for earlier on in the mm. podcast and we said like, I just don't want to get bulky. Yes. Like, yeah. It's the biggest Honestly, one. I feel like I get that like mm. five out of 10 new clients. Like I just don't yeah. want to get big and bulky and it's like how we said earlier, like it's just not how it happens. No, um, absolutely not. And then obviously, like, you got to get your nutrition in check as well, which I think a mm. lot of the time gets neglected and you can come into the gym and hit the gym as hard as you want. But if you're not touching on that nutritional side, then you're just not going to get the changes not that you fueling want. fueling those workouts and, yeah, it is kind of a Under eating, overtraining, yeah. yeah. Well, let's do a bit of a deep dive in that because that's, I guess, more your expertise mm-hmm. um, in that realm. So... Uh, if we are talking about nutrition, I think obviously you get the whole thing of like calorie deficit, calorie deficit, calorie yeah. deficit that kind of gets beaten through to you, which mm. it is to an extent, but there's more to it than that as well. Than being in a calorie, in what aspect are you talking about? Like, um, I think I think maybe just some myths around kind of like women's, uh, women's eating, because as you were saying before, you need to fuel yourself before you have like a workout and everything along those lines. And, you know, let's say, for example, women are trying to... Um, get more muscly or are they trying to a Mm -hmm. common one is obviously glutes i want to increase the size of my glutes but i'm trying to eat myself into this calorie deficit it's kind of like you're trying to do basically two the opposites of two things so you need to separate them yeah so your goals are you either need to do one or the other right so i think a lot of the times women go into a calorie deficit because 
they want to reveal something whereas they haven't built that mm. first yeah. so you need this like initial phase where you're almost in you know if you want to call it a bulk or whatever yeah. or a calorie surplus for your building muscle say that's glutes mm. that's going to be a little while where you are probably going to you know weigh a little bit more and you may carry a little bit more body fat doesn't have to if you do it correctly um but then when you do go back into a calorie deficit then you have something to actually reveal at the end of it yeah yeah. I, I'd say that happens a lot. Like, I'd say it actually happens with men a lot too. Like, I have a lot of guys that are like, oh, like, I want to get really big, but I want a slim waist. And it's like, choose one. Exactly. Yeah, mm. go with that, then cut back. If you're better yeah. off, then you've got muscle mass to work mm-hmm. with. Whereas you're trying to do build two muscle things, mass do two and eat the minimum time. amount. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, are you going to have like abs all year round? No. Probably not. Is that maintainable <laughs> for women? No, no, absolutely not. Like, you know, once we start getting below that 20% body fat, like, it's not good. Yeah, it's lose, quite yeah. dangerous. We lose our menstrual cycle. We're no longer being able to have children. And yeah, hair so we need to be above yes. that pretty much all year round. Exactly. Mm. And I think um, what a lot of women don't know is that, you know, we increase our muscle mass, therefore we increase our metabolism. So, therefore, you can probably eat more and not put on weight. Exactly. So, who doesn't want that? Yeah. Like, who doesn't... Yeah, yeah your BMR want... is sitting higher. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I think a lot of... Yes, yeah, that's a good point because I think a lot of women don't understand that. Like, and I've had women, they're like, oh, I don't eat anything. Like, why am I not losing weight? And it's like, yes. when they come and see me, I'm like, you don't eat anything. Like, what do you yeah. mean? Not How long enough. for? Yeah. yeah. And that's another massive misconception as well as we get that word thrown around, which is like starvation mode. Uh, like, yeah. oh, my body's in starvation mode. No, it's gone into metabolic adaption. Mm. So your body's no longer like trying. It's conserving energy. So you're yeah. going to stop fidgeting. You're going to stop moving. you stop having energy. You're going to be cooler. Like your body's no longer able to heat yeah. itself up because... It's got so little energy that it's now, mm. you know, trying to save anything that it can. So, yeah, it's not starvation mode. You're Definitely not. Adaption. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Touching back on the glutes as well. <laughs> back to the glutes. <laughs> I mean, it's a hot topic. <laughs> it's definitely a hot topic around the uh, women's space. Um, that I hear on the regular anyway. Um, <laughs> what about your, uh, your booty bands and stuff for building, for building your glutes? What is your opinion on those? I mean, I like them at the start of a workout i think you can probably incorporate them during a workout but in terms of like actually building yeah glutes or like a decent yeah. muscle mass like you're needing to hit heavy weights you need load yeah yeah 100 and like great for activation everything like that people aren't aware of of their glutes or they just struggle activating yeah. them great little starter and then you get into those bigger lifts like your squats like your hip thrusts like your deadlifts, all of that, and just knowing yeah. how to switch them on. And or if use you them can't correctly. feel them during an exercise, I think as well, like in a hip thrust, like if you do want to chuck them around your knees during a um, barbell hip thrust or even a back squat to get, you know, that like knee drive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you could use them. Yeah, I think obviously like the bigger lifts are going to be the ones that um, drive obviously the most stimulus to that area as well. Because obviously. You know, the mm-hmm. most amount of activation during those type of exercises yeah, as opposed exactly. to kind yeah. of doing, yeah. Yeah. you know, little exercise. Not saying there's not a time and a place for them, but definitely, like, if I'm going to do anything, maybe do it at the end as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, a little burnout. Yeah. 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 You know, we know that we can build strength and size in kind of any rep range as long as it's close to a failure. But if you really want the big results, I think it's those big compound lifts that really drive the biggest yeah. stimulus towards them that's going to help. So I think yeah, if you're... Because I think what happens is... Um, sometimes, not all the time, uh, I'll get probably some misconceptions around, you know, I want to tone, you hear that word a lot, yeah. I want to tone up, mm-hmm. which I know anyone who works in the 
health fitness industry or anyone worth their substance, they hear that word and they kind of cringe because they're like, what actually <laughs> yeah. does that even mean? Yeah. Yes. Um, but the misconception that's always in order to stay toning, I've got to do high reps, uh, light weight. Yeah. yeah, that's mm. a massive one. So, yeah. and, and that's where kind of like that whole thing, like I don't want to do strength training because strength training is going to make me bulky. So maybe let's touch on some of the benefits that strength training actually provides um, from a female perspective as well. Like if I was to, if I was to choose one or the other, like I'd personally, I'd be choosing strength training, mm-hmm. um, way more before I'm doing anything, you know, yeah, 12 absolutely. reps in class. I think that I've seen the most changes in my body from doing, working on those lower rep ranges. Yeah. And I love working in those lower rep ranges, but you do get, I think initially scared to do like three reps or, you know, six reps of yeah. something like, yeah, yeah it can be totally different to what you've, yeah. you know seen or heard in the past and we've, we've touched on this before um sweat is fat crying and mm. we think that every workout we need to leave that gym with <laughs> with sweat dripping down our faces which is absolutely not true um strength training if anything can give you so much more um and and post post workout as well you're still you know burning those calories and you're still working um even if you don't feel like it so I think, yeah, so many benefits when it comes to strength training and, and post-strength training as well, provided you have the right nutrition. Yeah, and obviously, like we always talk about as well, Matt, obviously increases your lean muscle mass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like so increases your resting metabolic rate yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which I think, yeah, was where you were headed with the yeah. post-workout. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, if your metabolic rate's sitting higher, higher. you're always going to be burning more yeah. energy at a resting state. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And if you're like, obviously going back to kind of like from a nutritional point of view, like you've got mm. to be able to fuel yourself, fuel yourself. And if you're constantly, you know, under eating, then obviously your metabolism's going to drop yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to be kind of like eating more. But then we also want to try to increase your metabolism the best way. And the best way to increase your metabolism is to obviously increase the density and strength of your muscles Muscle. as well. Yes. So, yep. you know, because muscles and expensive tissue, the more of it we have, yep. the more energy is required for it to burn. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing too. Like, you know, if girls are going into the gym and hitting glutes four days a week, then you can't mm. go home and have a couple of almonds. Like you need to go home and have like a couple of almonds. It's almonds the stock standard answer. <laughs> Almonds and apricots. A substantial yeah. meal to, you know, like facilitate that muscle growth 100%. that you're chasing to and have. Yeah. And you should be hungry post-strength workout. You should be hungry and you should listen to your body and go, all right, like I need to refuel. Like if it is around meal times, great, perfect opportunity to have, have your main meal. If it's not around meal times, knowing how to, you know, maybe supplement with a protein shake or a protein bar or whatever you like to um, consume protein wise, just so, yeah, you're not playing catch up all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like, you know, if you guys, if you don't know this, like you probably should be reaching out. Like I, I think I saw you post something the other day, like how much you invest in kind of like um, your yeah. own coaches and stuff uh, as well. Yeah, that was a, what performed interestingly that post. But yeah, yeah, just like a, <laughs> well, yeah, investing it. back into yourself or investing in your coach. And like um, a point I made in the post was as health professionals, like if anyone's going to understand the value in hiring a coach, it's a coach themselves. Mm. and how much you can gain from working with other coaches because we don't know everything so working with other coaches we can all like sort of you know um thrive off what each other like you know works best in yeah Yeah. also it's someone else to look at you from a different uh lens as well Mm -hmm. yes so it's like maybe i thought i was doing something really right but you got someone else Mm. telling you actually maybe you could do a little bit better in that respect or it's just looking at something a little bit more yeah objectively 
Yes. Yeah. Letting go of control and trusting somebody else. That's and, what it is too. Yeah. Right? Um, which can be hard as a coach. You're constantly telling people what to things. do and and it's it's sometimes hard to let go of that control and someone's telling you what to do. Um, but also at the same time, it feels good when when you don't have to put your thinking, think. cap, thinking cap on as much and you can sort of just let go of the reins. Yeah, I think like going into this comp prep, my training got absolutely tipped on its head. Like, you know, I train totally different to how I am right now. I would never have gone to a gym and sat on a machine and done 12 to 15 reps and then sat there and rested for two minutes and then done another set of 12 to 15 reps. So like that was a huge learning experience in itself. But now I'm starting to enjoy it because I've let go of that control and trusted that you know, yeah. what my coach is doing for me is his expertise. And like, I don't know that area. So why would I question what he's doing? I yeah, I also yeah. think machines get a bad rep. I mean, I was, mm, pretty, yeah. I was pretty anti-machine back in the day. I'm like, yeah, I was a little anti-machines. But it's actually really good. It's fun, yeah. especially from a hypertrophy point of view. You can also yeah, like, muscle a hell of a lot better. Yeah. You can train that to failure and you can do it consistently as well. Like you need to hit the same, um, you need to replicate the same movement in yeah, a very similar pattern yeah. in order to kind of get that protein synthesis breakdown and then to yeah. build it back up. And, you know, obviously when we do things like squats and stuff, like, yeah, obviously we want everything to look exactly the same, but um, you may lose like a little bit of... Uh, uh, depth, yeah. Yeah, or what, yeah depth, exactly. But yeah, may lose kind of like bit. that consistency that you get mm, through yeah. exercise to exercise. Like same thing if I'm trying to do like a rear foot elevated split squat, like I might be a slight difference that isn't going to get it. Whereas yeah. machines, also the risk factor on going to... Failure on a squat versus, you know, a leg press or something along those lines is yes. completely different. Like I can really try and go to failure without mm. the risk of a barbell falling on my back and yeah. actually killing me. So I'm getting more of a true failure. Yeah. <laughs> and you're probably more likely to push <laughs> to failure because you know you're in that safe area. Exactly. Which I think is a great place. Like machines is a great place for people to start because A, it's safe, it's controlled. And then they can learn where failure is for them before yes. they start going to free weights and it's a little bit less safe and a little bit less controlled. That's true as well. Actually, we had like a little topic on here the other day. Like, do you program up like from a rate of perceived exertion point or more of a percentage of your 1RM? I actually heard this on your podcast you the did other day. This yeah, I'm what like sitting in my car thinking. What was your one? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's like an exercise physiology background, like... RPE for me is something I've utilized a lot and I think works, um, specific population group, older population um, as well, because they can say, yeah, like I, I do feel like I'm getting quite exhausted. Um, this is probably where, where I'll leave it today. Um, but I guess it also depends on the person and how hard they've trained in the past. And some people don't know they've got that extra to give. Um, or they yeah. experienced enough too. Yeah, they get to it's like, yeah, if they have like, you know, from an EP or ex-science perspective, mm. if they have got like, we're talking about on Monday in our development, if they've got like an underlying heart condition, something yes. like that, like yeah. you're not going to be monitoring no, their heart not. rate, you're no. going to be monitoring their RPE and I do that with my clients. Yeah. And they probably would never reach their one R, no. which is absolutely no. fine. Not, not everyone yeah. has to do that in their training. It's specific to what your goals are. So yeah. Yeah. 100%. I'd definitely be training with those populations. That's probably a tool to use. Um, very consistently as well. I think yeah. from my point of view, it's like, I love to use it more so to get a bit more feedback kind of like from that person and that them understand kind of where failure where is for them. Because, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll always say, okay, like anywhere between, it's either six to eight or seven to nines for yeah. me. And yes. I'll be like, mm -hmm. okay, how many more reps do you reckon you could have done after that? And they go, oh, two. And then I'll get them to the last one and I'll get them max out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mate, you just did five more when you just said you two. 
You're a pussy. Wrap it up. <laughs> next yeah, up, next time we want to be hit. They rely on us to count, right? So they've got like full trust in us. Whereas yeah. the yes. thought of doing reps and not counting them myself is just a wild concept. And like, not, yeah. I think we're just so trained in counting reps mm-hmm. that the thought of just going in and not knowing how many I've done yeah. just seems Well, if you, ask any, if you ask any of my clients, like they freaking, I'm always getting the rep wrong and be like, yeah, <laughs> nine. And they'll be like, what are you talking about? Six. I was like, oh, God. Two you got left, eight. <laughs> Throw a random number Yeah, so they, they've, I think they've all learned by now that they have to count. Otherwise, because yes. yeah. I'm not going to count right for them. Yeah, no, but no. I always say to them, like, I'm like, if, you, if I'm looking at you and I'm thinking you've got more reps to go, it's too light, eight, or... It's it, or you've just like you know they just get so set on those little like reps they're like oh it's ten it's ten it's ten and it's like yeah that's fine but if if it's not ten and the best you can do or close to like seven or nine then what are you doing like, and sometimes you, you like I don't know sometimes in my sessions like if it's not looking that hard by ten I will get them to do a couple more because yeah, they're not yeah. at their threshold no nah. mm-hmm. and they yeah. go that's enough that's enough Scream it's like two more yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, going back to your original question, I reckon I work with the same scale as yeah. you. Is like, how hard was that out of 10? And then could you have done two or three more reps? And then I'll base it off yeah. that. But I know athletic base, because of team builder, it works off one rep max predictions. So they're 100% working off predictions. We use Trent yeah. and we got both. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah, some, some of my clients ah. have, like, yeah, like, for instance, they've got a deadlift and then later on they might have a leg extension. Like extension might be like I might say like a nine or eight out of ten or something. I want them to be at and the you know the mm-hmm. deadlift might be eighty percent of their one RM. I right, so you I can pick when well. you program. See, that's cool. Yeah, my like app that. only does like I use Trainerize Me and yeah, I've used that. Yeah, that's only um like you. Yeah, well, RPE. I can get them to record it each time, so yeah, I can get them to kind of like record what that RPE felt like, so they can kind of like compare that to next week because maybe like they're doing the same way. Like, mm. This RPE felt like an RPE eight, but this week felt like an RPE. Eight. E6, so yeah. that kind of shows progress and yeah. stuff well, in yeah. that line as well. If they can visually see that through those numbers that they've told you, then that's like, oh, okay, like this training's working for me. I'm seeing those results and I just got to keep going with it. But well, I also think you can bring that all the way back to the very start of this podcast. Yeah, that, I was about to say, that full circle. Eight out of 10 yeah. might feel different when you're in your follicular phase, Beautiful. when you're in your luteal phase. Yeah. So yes. that's where you can all start tying that together. A hundred percent. And that's yeah. why it's like, you should be changing that based on that feeling. Cause yeah, to take it full circle, as you said, you know, yeah. when you go back to kind of like that menstrual cycle, you'll be feeling different through different phases of the yeah, um, all my, all menstrual my cycle. Women, though. they come in and like the ones that lift heavy and they're like, oh, you know, like it's that time, you know, I've dropped all the weights down. They have, they're that educated that they already know what to do. And they're like, mm-hmm. they come in they're like, oh, you know, just so you know, this is all dropped down this week. And I'm like, that's yeah, see, great that's that you incredible. know that. Yeah. 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 So from a coach's perspective, I don't need to punch in weights. I can just punch yeah. in rep ranges and just mm-hmm. let yeah. them do kind of like yeah. the rest and of like it. And like that will be feel. 80% to them one week and not oh, yeah. the other. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's where, um, yeah, your one rep maxes can come into play. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. It's not linear. Yeah. It's not linear either. It's always Nothing's a big linear. squiggly line. I mean, the overall yeah. trend line should be somewhat linear. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's always up and down life up and happens yeah. exactly say, and you work so. with people with jobs as well like full time yeah. jobs you know yeah. shift, shift workers yeah. you know, you've got a lot of nurses who are shift yeah. workers and everything yeah. you know I've got a bloke who just came in he's just like I just did a 14 hour day yesterday we're meant to be doing heavy squats I'm like yeah. I had the same right, thing yeah, maybe we'll do yeah. something a little bit different yeah. and just being able to quickly adapt to that and people's lifestyles yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% and like yeah. training goals like I know me I think I have like four different training goals a year like you know, sometimes it's related to running and, and trying to like improve that um, as opposed to really heavy in the gym. Sometimes it's related to like lifting heavy and sometimes it's just about feeling good and it's not really a numbers game. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, awesome. All this stuff talked about in the Her Empowerment Project, I'm assuming. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we definitely cover, um, I guess, our three main pillars are exercise, nutrition, and mindfulness, as I mentioned at the start. So we sort of try to capture as much as we can in those three um, in our one-day workshops um, to give everyone a taste of, of, I guess, what we can introduce later on in longer programs um but yeah, this, yeah at this stage just the one day take them through like exercise fundamentals like make yeah. sure they get through their main movement patterns um even like how to adjust a cable or how to adjust a machine or you know things like that so when they do go into a commercial gym they know how to move something around or how to adjust a bench to yeah. set up for that exercise they're just more confident so they're not reluctant to skip gym or, or not go through with it they're like no i know what i'm doing i can go in here and i can feel great and not have to worry about um anything else yeah yeah, yeah and what's kind of like that target age demographic that you guys are looking for with that respect well we've been working with younger girls that's where we wanted to head at the start so we've been doing like 9 to 16 that's been our yep. last couple of workshops or what we wanted to do for the main program but our next one is 16 to 25 and we're pretty excited to work yeah. with that age group because we've found with the younger girls, like even with Alicia, like there were certain things that they, A, haven't had a menstrual cycle yet. So you mm. can't go too deep mm. into like a physiology and anatomy standpoint. Um, whereas with the older girls, we can like start to de- like yeah. get and, quite deep And into we that. know, I definitely know with a lot of uh, my girlfriends, there's lots that they don't know. Um, lots they can gain from it and and probably take it on board a lot more than someone who is say 11 years old who maybe doesn't have a menstrual cycle or probably doesn't care as much as someone who's mm-hmm. who's been through it with their training and maybe they're not seeing results or, or they're feeling a particular way so there's so much to gain um, with that age group just just having a little bit more knowledge around those areas we're also in the age group where we're starting to fall pregnant as mm. well so I think that's something where yeah. like you yeah, know, or thinking about it at least. Yeah. yeah, one of my mates just said he's having his, one of my mates said he's just about to have his second kid with his wife, well, fiance now, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So right? I was just like crazy. Yeah, so. Imagine being my age, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm older than you. <laughs> no, you're 27, aren't you? I'm turning 28, yeah. Yeah, well, you're just yeah. a little more. Ooh, but one year. I mean, one year. <laughs> Even at our age, like, I guess girls still don't know. Like, I had a friend text me yesterday saying, like, hey, can I come to the gym with you and just follow your program? It's not, it's like, it's not for you. Yeah. I'm trying to step on stage. Like, what <laughs> I'm doing is completely opposite to what you need <laughs> yeah. to be doing. Right yeah. Now. yeah, my girlfriend's dad asked me, so he's like, do you just, like, train with your clients all day? <laughs> my mum to this day still thinks I'm one of those aerobics people on stage yeah, that does that's what I think. throws my arms around See, and that's, stuff. That's what I think like people of that generation think of because when they were growing up was always like, you know, before Cheese TV, like before Cheese TV on like a weekday yes. morning where they're up there yeah. like the Jane Fonda the type thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they think or they're like the spin class where they're like, come on, we're more fast than that. Which so I, I think, love, not going to lie. They're she, definitely she'd great. You'd be exhausted after all that exercise well, all day. Was, that's what like I was saying. Like you're doing Yeah, me standing there with my arms crossed is really exhausting. <laughs> yeah, six to six days, 12 hours of exercise. Or like that. some days you're sitting at a computer writing a program for 10 hours. So yeah. like, that's the I other think. side of it. Yeah, I just, I just love it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so you just train with your um, clients all day? In what? saying that though, I have seen people that do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like there are trainers out there that do well, that. Well, it's a and, Like good on them, but like it's not for me. No way. I want to be focused on my client. Exactly. Not yeah. <laughs> God, I'd hit my ten thousand steps easy if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some sus people out there. <laughs> All right. Trainers. 
Well, we'll kind of get into that end range, I think, of the podcast, that 55-minute mark. That's our, that's our sweet spot. Nice. Wow. So, just like to thank you guys for coming on. First, kind of like, thank I guess, you. outside the team to an extent. So, wow, hopefully, we'll get some privilege. more on. Yeah, thank you so much. Might get you on later on. Who knows? I don't know. Keep in touch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, in terms of women's health, I think there's so much more you can come on. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Heaps, yeah. You can do a hell of a lot more on all Matt different types of crap. Matt loves women's health, so... <laughs> 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 All right, we're going to end on that.